Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. everyone i'm guile and i tweet at door podcast um i'm guile and subterfuge on tumblr at some point maybe again and i'm joined today by devin hey this is devin gd harpo on twitter while it lasts <laughs> right and clotho hi i'm clotho you can find me at clotho spindle on twitter any play you know i feel like we're all doing our secondary like if tw- when twitter's gone where are we <laughs> <laughs> You'll never find us again. Um, and today we are going to talk about Daenerys' first chapter in A Storm of Swords. And um, just to give you guys a little bit of how the sausage is made, we have um, we have a Word do- or an Excel document that has plotted out what chapters we record in what month. And I think I chose this one like a year ago to do because I... Like, obviously, I don't mind Danny chapters, but, like, this imagery of her on the bullet, the imagery that this chapter starts with, with her on the Balerion and her dragons, you know, kind of frolicking in the sea as they're, you know, moving along has always, like, it always struck me and I loved it. And then I think it was in the trailer for season three of the show. And I remember feeling like that. Oh, my gosh. it's You know, it's just like what I read, you know, as a stupid, sweet summer child of. <laughs> of the show at that point but at this the opening of this chapter really always struck me as and you know struck me as so lovely and i loved the imagery of it um you know even in even in the writing it says you know daenerys targaryen was as happy as she could ever remember being and it was i felt like that was kind of refreshing because yeah we always see danny in these like horrible situations and hours of crises and you know here she is just like you know, chilling on the deck, and she's super happy. And um, who's not happy are the Dothraki. And they call the sea the poison water, and we find out that, you know, they really don't trust anything that the, their horses can't drink. And, you know, her her blood riders are trying to be really brave about it, and, you know, Eerie and Jiki are trying to, they're all trying to be pretty brave about it, but frankly, they're freaking out. And the rest of the Kalazar spends most of their time below deck with the horses and you know she talks about how there was a huge storm six days into their journey actually you know what i should back up so danny and her cows are on a ship (laughs) 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 presumably heading to presumably heading to pentos um since this is the first chapter we see her since clash um they're on a ship presumably headed to pentos at the bequest of um illyrio mopatis and so it um it's the Balerion. The captain is a guy called Grolio. Um, and we have Strong Belwis, Arlen Whitesbeard, if that's his real name, and um, and Jorah on board with her. So um, at this point, they're kind of a little bit stuck because there's no wind and they have a bunch of men at oar. But obviously, they're not going quite as fast as they as they would if there was some wind. But, you know, Danny recounts that early on in the journey, um, there's a huge storm and you know, she wasn't afraid because, you know, she was born in the greatest storm in the memory of Westeros that, you know, smashed her father's fleet. And, you know, she had crossed 
she thinks about when she was a child, she had to cross the narrow sea quite a bit, kind of trying to outrun Robert's assassins. And so she's, you know, feels really at home here. And um, she talks about how the captain, Grolio, didn't want to bring the dragons. And he was super nervous. And I think he hangs like a hundred buckets of water uh, alongside <laughs> the ship just in case they start shit on fire. <laughs> you know? Sensible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it seems, seems reasonable. But... Um, you know, over time, it's like the they kind of become um, the mascots for the crew of the ship and the crew kind of adopts them. And they I think they get a kick out of them. You know, she talks about how they're essentially playing in the water and they're learning to like fish. And, um, you know, basically, they all the sailors kind of love them at this point. And, um, you know, it, at this point in time, I think. She doesn't say how big Drogon is, but she mentions that Rhaegal and Viserion were the size of small dogs, and Drogon's just a little bit bigger. And, you know, she thinks about how eventually she won't need to rely on, on ships. She'll be able to fly, but for now, she needs um, she needs ships. I wonder what she's considering as a small... Like, what is a small dog? <laughs> like, because I'm yeah. trying to picture, like, are we talking about a chihuahua here or, or oh. what? Like, like, because these are dragons. So a small dog just seems, and again, and I know she is talking more like they're just their body size, I guess, because she does make note that they're just all wings and tails. But I really wonder, like, how small is a is the small dog she's talking about? Yeah, and I mean, you know, you figure... She's been, you know, she's seen quite a bit of the world, so she's probably seen a lot of different dog breeds. I was thinking like a Shiba Inu, maybe. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, They seem to be growing. That seems kind of slow, but I guess maybe they're trying to say, oh, since they get so large, they grow a little slower than some other animals. Well, and it's interesting because, you know, the next part of the chapter is Danny, you know, Danny really knows nothing about dragons um, in terms of, you know, she's asking, um, Jorah and um, you know Arslan who joins the the conversation she's like you know how big do dragons get uh, you know how long do they live and you know she has no idea but you know Jorah's like um, you know they must get big since people you know people rode them and they could take krakens from the sea and you know he, he thinks he mentions that um, the you know the the dragon Balerion apparently lived to be like 200. So, um, you know, it's just, it's interesting to me that she knows not, you know, that she knows nothing about dragons yeah. and, you know, presumably everything she would have learned about Westeros and dragons or anything probably would have come from Viserys, but he obviously didn't know. And they just got to hope point. they don't get sick. You know what I mean? There's no one, no vet they could take it to. So <laughs> knows what to do with them. Yeah. yeah. Right. And I guarantee everything Viserys knew about dragons was like, so, like some of it was probably real, but a lot of it was probably like what you would expect a little kid to know about dragons. <laughs> like what he was probably telling her when they were like kids or something. Yeah. Right. I bet like all his dragon stories are like, oh, I'm trying to think of a story a kid would tell about an animal. They just, they can do things. Yeah. Yeah. They can do dragon shit, but they also do all this other really cool shit that the dragons probably really didn't do. Yeah, yeah. Rudolph the red nosed reindeer type thing, but with dragons, you know, like (laughs) that type of fair, you know, that type of fair. Yeah. So, um, I've been calling him Arslan, by the way. His name is Arston Whitebeard. Sorry. Um, (laughs) probably should get his name right. Um, so, you know, to be fair, that's not his name. (laughs) Right. Yeah, it's not (laughs) matter. 
you know, he kind of fills in some blanks for Danny and tells her about the dragon pit in King's Landing and that, you know, actually um, the dragon, it was so like the opening was so big that dragons could fly out side by side and stuff. And but then that people people presume that the later dra- the later Targaryen dragons never got big enough because they were contained by um, contained in the dragon pit and without freedom they you know they wouldn't obtain that size and you know this starts a little bit of shit stirring between Jorah and Arston where you know Jorah's like well I've never heard of this and you know Arston's like yeah um, and Arston start you know Danny. Danny's like is really com- like Danny likes Arston obviously, and she's pretty comfortable asking him questions. And so you know she asks him if he ever met her dad, and um, <laughs> it's like you know she's like, you know, did you find him good and gentle? And you know Arston says his grace was often pleasant. <laughs> so he's really being um, he's really being quite diplomatic. And you know she asks if he knew Rhaegar, and he says you know yeah, and he's trying to down he's. He's giving her a lot of information, but obviously trying to downplay it. And, um, you know, he mentions about how his best friend was, how Rhaegar's best friend was Arthur Dane. And, you know, Danny remembers that because, you know, among the stories of Ciri was obviously told was that Arthur Dane had this white sword and was so awesome. So she, you know, Viserys kind of had a little bit of, of history given to him. And, you know, Danny was obviously avidly listening because, you know, she hears these names and that's like, <gasps> she gets kind of excited, you know. And, you know, she wants to know if Rhaegar was like really this best warrior ever. And, um, you know, I think Arston's kind of like, you know, he was, gr- you know, he was great, but he had um, he had other attributes. And he talks about how he, you know, when he was young, he read so much that they claim that his mom must have swallowed books and candles when he was pregnant or when she was pregnant, rather. But that, um, you know, one day he found something in his scrolls and then he went to the master at arms and says, you know, I will require a sword and armor. It seems I must be a warrior. And, um, you know, so we get that backstory on on Rhaegar. So I think we assume that it's probably whatever prophecy um you know, whatever prophecy he was given that later caused him to screw everything up. And, um, you know, Strong Belwis wakes up and he's a delight. You know, he's like screaming for food and he's just, you know, he's kind of, you know, he's kind of great. And, you know, Danny, I think, is just kind of amused by him. Jorah is like super put out that Arston is even supplying Danny with any information at all. Jorah is like, who the fuck does this guy think he is? Yeah, and he I mean, can't stand him. <laughs> he can't stand him, and he tells Danny that he's obviously not who he thinks he is. He's way too old to be a squire, and you know he's just—he's too well spoken, and everything. And you know, Danny kind of thinks to herself that that's right, but you know, and Jorah's trying to convince her that you know, Strong Bellas and Arson are like maybe they're assassins, and she's like, "Yeah, but they literally saved my life, so that would be a weird start for an assassin." And, you know, she thinks, I think she, she says basically, you know, if I can't, what kind of queen can't trust anyone, you know, like, yeah, I'm not going to trust everyone, but like, I have to trust some people. And, you know, Jorah obviously is just very threatened by anyone, um, being close to her. And, um, 
you know, as this is happening, she starts to hear, she feels the wind. So the wind is picked up. So they're actually going to be able to, um, you know, to travel on. So, you know, she's pretty, she's pretty excited about that. And, you know, I think, um, you know, she's, I think she's kind of just excited to like get to the next thing. Right. Like, I feel like she, um, you know, she wants to go to, you know, she wants to go to Westeros. She's ready to do this and, and she's excited about it. So then we get to, um, you know, we, we see her training her dragons a little bit. Like she's teaching them how to um, char their own meat. So she's taught them Dracarys as, as their command and they're able to char their own meat. And then um, Jora comes in and, you know, there's a lot of nudity here. <laughs> so it was kind of hard to tell from the text, but I think that when Jora comes in, she's naked. And then when yes. he leaves, she's also like, she's naked. Yes. And I was like, well, what is the point of pointing all of this out? Yeah. Like, do we really need to know George? Like the number of times it says like what she's covering herself with slips or something like that. And I'm just like, was, multiple. was that necessary? Yeah. And just, you know, I mean, obviously this chapter spoiler alert does get a little bit grosser. Um, <laughs> you know, Jorah's, Jorah's like, I don't think you should go to Pentos because then you're at Illyrio's, like you're basically under Illyrio's thumb and you know, you you have four people that you know are loyal to you. You have your blood riders and you have me and that's not enough. And, um, you know, like there's been prophecies that you're going to be betrayed. Like you, you can't count on this guy yet. Count on me. And his plan is that he thinks that she should go to Grolio and ask to go to Slaver's Bay because they want to buy Unsullied. So he tells her about the Unsullied and we hear about this like three against a thousand scenario where um, the some city hired a bunch of um, they hired a bunch of cell swords because they were going to be getting attacked by the Dothraki. And once the Dothraki attacked and like started, you know, winning, basically the cell swords abandoned them, but they also bought 3000 Unsullied. And so then the Unsullied show up. The Dothraki tried to get through them like 18 times or something like that. And the um Wild. and the unsell the unsullied repelled them time and again. So then and you know killed like most of the Dothraki leadership. So the new call and his various, you know, his various party basically surrender. They march into the city and they all cut their braids off and give them to the city. And you know, basically saying, you know, you got us unsullied and so like obviously the unsullied are awesome right and um he basically is like she's like i don't how am i gonna pay for this and he's like well maybe they'll just give them to you because you have the dragons or you can take all the shit that illyrio was gonna like had in this ship as well like because he's a merchant and just steal it from him and sell it for the unsullied <laughs> it's just really terrible um and you know, she thinks about this and, and decides, you know, it decides that it's a good idea. So um, she's going to talk to Grolio and try to convince him to do that. So after that, um, she's, you know, Jora makes his move. So Jora kisses her and it's gross. And basically she's like too... She's a little too, you know, she's shocked. No one's ever kissed her other than Drogo. And it goes a little bit further than she's probably comfortable with. 
And, you know, she tells Jorah, you know, you shouldn't, shouldn't have done that. And he's like, I shouldn't have waited so long to do that. And, um, you know, he, she's like, I'm your queen. And he's like, oh, you know, you're so awesome. Um, you know, the prophecies say the dragon has three heads and, um, you know, maybe you need a, you know, you can take husbands, like basically saying, you know, be my, take me as a husband, but when you go into Westeros and, and that's how the chapter ends, which <sighs> I just what it doesn't sound real like he seems obsessed like he can't like he's clouded because a lot of the shit he says is kind of based in reality but it's just so far out there well, I mean, I yeah. yeah and then it gets I mean, ruined it by the fucking kids like anything you might have been saying that had any legitimacy legitimacy to it is now kind of fucked because of what you chose to do at the end of the chapter like well, come on and i think that you know i think he's on base in terms of yeah you know you don't you probably don't want to be under Illyrio's thumb, but mm-hmm. you, you're going to go into Westeros with, you know, an army of slaves and, Doth, you know, slaves and your Dothraki and me, someone that, you know, the elite of Westeros will know was banished from Westeros for uh-huh. slave trading as like your husband. Oh, gosh, he yeah. is like a huge, you know, he himself alone <laughs> is an incredible liability. Even as an advisor, right? Yeah. Yeah. Even as an advisor, like he's, you know, he's poison. And then to add in like her slave army and stuff, like it just doesn't look good. Like it's really (laughs) like the optics of this are really bad. Um, And it's interesting because you think like, okay, at this point, if she would have gone to Pentos, um, you know, she's got three dragon, you know, three baby dragons. Um, She's got, you know, three baby dragons and a Kalazar. I mean, she's, it's, you know, they're going to, you know, she's going to get, they're going to like hook her up with Egan or, you know, whoever he is. And they have, you know, the golden company and everything. I mean, realistically, if she just would have went into Pento, she would have been in like a fairly decent position. I mean, you know, they'd be usurping the throne out from under her, which I don't know how she would feel about, you know, to be like the queen rather than like the queen. But, um. You know, I mean, like she would have been okay. She, she might have been better off in the long run. I don't know. Um, like, what do you, you know, what do you guys think? If you were her, would you have listened to, to Jorah's advice, or would you keep going to Pentos? I don't know. I mean, it seems to make sense, like just you know, to build our. But I, I don't know. Oh I mean, yeah, I mean, they didn't. They're kind of a ragtag crew, so I don't. I guess taking out what I, I mean, what I know is going to happen, I probably would over to, I would just would have gone to Pentos because I mean, she has no reason to distrust Illyrio up until this point anyway. So why not cont- continue on what you've, you know, you've already planned to do. Um, and I think like, if I were her, I think I probably would have changed my mind after Jorah kissed me. Like, cause she is, she was decided and uh, then he does that. And I think I would have been like, you know what? Fuck what this guy's talking about. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> and I think, yeah, it's just, ugh. And, I mean, Jorah's really hor. He's really awful in this chapter. Mm-hmm. Like, he's trying to control, he's very, I mean, he's trying to completely control her. So I wonder, too, if he just sort of assumed that if they went to Slaver's Bay, like, Strong Bellus and Arston would, like, what, was he going to kill him? That, or that they would just leave and he would have her to him. So, like, he's very much trying mm. to. He seems like he's stepping well. over lines. Yeah, he's he's definitely. Yeah. 
And she even she kind of makes a note of it. Like she thinks like he thinks me a child or what. Uh, there's some thought she has yeah. with like the when he kind of doubles down on what he's like trying to get across. And like she does have that thought. Yeah, he. Ugh, yeah, I mean, it's like the way that he's trying to control her and then like some of his advice being, you know, frankly, terrible. And imagine him. It's just like. So I, didn't, I haven't watched Blood of the or House of the Dragon, but I'm like culturally aware of it. And like having that like more recent context, the idea of Jorah as like her husband is just so ridiculous. Like it's just absolutely absurd, I think. And just like, what is he thinking? Ugh, idiot. He doesn't, doesn't, yeah, he doesn't have this past with his wife and just, yeah, he's not good I mean, at this. Is he even, isn't he still married? Oh right! And I think get, technically yeah. they're still yeah yeah yeah. Like she <laughs> just she just left, didn't she? Yeah. Right. I don't think she like she's kind of annulment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's married. He was banished for being a slaveholder, uh-huh. and he's spying on her for Robert. At this point, she doesn't know that yet. Oh, and like, saying that none would be as true as me. Right. Oh. Like, like I, you know. Take out, you know, I, I obviously we know his uh, his loyalty to her is real, mm-hmm. but his judgment is so poor. Yeah. <laughs> like, God. And it's also, of, yeah, to Ugh. take take Ian Glenn out of it because that's like the picture of Jorah right. I have now for the most part. Right. He's also just not attractive. <laughs> right. <And laughs> like I mean, he looks like a awesome. he looks like a bear. <laughs> right. And she's 15, you and, know? Yeah, yeah, and she's a child. Right. She's a child, and yeah, it's just... Boy, it's not Jorah's finest moment, that's for sure. Um, do we have anything else about this chapter? I don't really have anything new. I agree with you about the beginning being, you know, very picturesque, and, you know, he does a great job, you know, illustrating it in your mind. You know, it's a little bit... I mean, I do think she was a little... I felt like she was a little... Dismiss, but I mean, it fits in with she's a child of privilege, but it fits. But she's a little dismissive of the uh, Dothraki, and they're you know, that's kind of legitimate fears of right. I mean, sea travel when you don't have you know, rescue equipment or you know, communication like you would in another setting or another world. <laughs> they're kind of limited. There's yeah. not a lot of options if something bad happens, they're going and down. So it's, it's it legitimate goes, to be afraid of this. <laughs> yeah, and it goes to like, you know, I think we talked about George's kind of continued, yeah. the, he treats them as like one entity and doesn't, right. you know, there's no personal, you know, there's no personal growth or exploration of any of the, yeah. the any of the Dothraki individually at this point. I mean, I think, you know, when, you know, later on in dance, when Barristan is training some of the men, that you get a little bit of that with with some of the kids that he's training. But at this point, it's like, you know, they're this, the Dothraki with no individuality. So, like. Yeah, because even. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, even at this point, like, there's got to be at least a handful of them. Because they've been, they've been through the storm, which was like six days in, and then. They've been going for however long after that. There's got to be some of the Dothraki who are like, okay, this isn't that bad. Right. Like, I mean, we've, we've made it this far. No, I mean, yeah, we had that storm. But, you know, like there's there should be some of that, I would think. So, yeah, it still well, is. Yeah. George is kind of just lumping them all together like he does. These are the Dothraki that, you know, saw Danny emerge from the fire with three living dragons, trekked, you know, survived the trek across the Red Waste. 
saw her defeat, you know, the warlocks and Karth, and you know, oh no, the ocean is too much. Exactly. Like <laughs> these people have seen some shit, so you know, I feel like they're probably a little bit more capable than they're being given credit for. Or, you know, alternatively, we could say that most of the Dothraki are like really concerned about their horses, and they're kind of like worried about their horses because their horses are upset, you know. But I yeah. don't think that's actually what he's saying. <laughs> <Kind of laughs> the benefit of the doubt a little bit, girl. They just need to give him some trazodone. It'll be okay. <laughs> 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 uh, all right. Well, with that, um, if you do have any questions or comments for us here, you can reach us at close the door and at gmail.com. You can find us on Tumblr at close the door and come here. You can find us on Twitter at Door Podcast. Um, you can find us on the Jamie and Brienne subreddit. Or, um, I mean, I think that's probably all the places that we are. Like, send a message in a bottle. We'll find it. Um, <laughs> and, you know, you can you please support us on Patreon and listen, listen support, like and review us, Patreon, um, Podbean, anywhere that most places that you get your podcasts. Um, and with that, I am closing the door. Get out.